Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. WABC New York and 107.1 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It's Friday, June 30th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today, though the smoke's going to hang around. High 83. Saturday sunshine high 81 sunday scattered thunderstorms high 80 if you're walking out the door with us right now 60 and cloudy in pomona up in rockland county 66 and cloudy down in cio city jersey shore and it is 67 in misty here in midtown going to work our way up to the six o'clock hour sid and friends in the morning fill you in with everything you need to know saw this on twitter yesterday uh, Geraldo Rivera, who uh, I had great fortune to work with for, I think it was five years, uh, at ABC, doing a talk show. Uh, for a while, it was nationally syndicated. For a while, it was local. It was great fun to work with him. And uh, I see yesterday, he's on Twitter, and that he says he's been fired from the five over at Fox News, and that this morning he'll announce on, I guess, Fox and Friends, he does a weekly thing on Fridays and I think Wednesdays. He'll go on and say that he's quitting the network because he's upset that he's been fired from the five. Now, I'm not sure that Fox will let him on to do that. We'll have to watch later. But here he was out on his boat. He was, uh, I think, out on Long Island somewhere. So it doesn't look like I'm going to be on the five. I mean, I'm not going to be on the five. I've been fired from the five. And as a result of that, I quit Fox. Yes, so he's been one of the rotating panelists in the liberal seat on the news show, which is the most watched show on that cable network. He's been with Fox News since uh, 2001, and uh, it looks like maybe he's gone. Now, uh, he's going to be 80 on July 4th. I mean, he looks fantastic. You would not guess that he is that old. But um, I will tell you this, because people always ask me this when they meet me and they know, know me from the radio. They first questions, first two questions, what's it work like to work with Imus? That was god-awful. And then uh, what was it like to work with Geraldo Vera? It was so much fun. I mean, he was such a great guy. Uh, what you might think of him from watching him on TV or some of the events he's been involved in over the years, people have formed their own opinions, but uh, uh, I can tell you, fantastic, great guy. If this is his last day on Fox News, well, good for him. 80 years old, maybe it's time to take a break and, and retire. That's okay if he wants to. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he pops up somewhere else, maybe. Well, who knows? Maybe even here. All right, 503, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. The smoke from those Canadian wildfires continues to hang around. Everybody weighing in on the Supreme Court decision on affirmative action. There's been another subway surfing death. A mugger runs through a press conference and into a speaker in Queens. 
and there is an American Idol type competition going on to play music down below. All right, let's get into at 503. We'll start with Governor Kathy Hochul warning us all about this smoke that came in. Now, if you were outside, I was out with the kids yesterday playing basketball in Jersey City on, by the way, this court that has the most fantastic view of Midtown. We were out there at about four in the afternoon. You could not see Midtown. It was completely smoke covered and you could, you know, smell it in the air again. Wasn't as bad as it was two weeks ago, but it felt like it was getting there. Governor Hochul warning people about the bad air quality yesterday. Air quality is unhealthy in every corner of the state of New York. Wildfires from more than 500 miles away continue to burn, and we're feeling the impact right here. Yeah, so the thought is that this uh, hazardous air quality could continue today, uh, might improve over the weekend, but the truth is they don't really know for sure. Totally appropriate to keep the pools open today, totally appropriate for people to be out, as long as they don't fall into those sensitive groups. I did see people putting up the masks on uh, as I was walking the streets, even this morning. Uh, walking in, I saw a guy with a mask on. Little children should not be out playing when the weather, when the conditions are in these dangerous, hazardous uh, numbers. Senior citizens, people with asthma. Yeah, you kind of know who you are. If you're sensitive to this kind of thing, you should probably hang indoors. Uh, uh, I, it does look like it's going to be smoky again today. We expect to see the wind start to dissipate over the next couple of days. It is impossible for us at this point to predict what will happen for the holiday celebrations on, on Monday and Tuesday the 4th. Yeah, so it's kind of wait and see uh, on my side of the river uh, in Jersey City. Like I said, the view kind of uh, disappeared for a couple hours yesterday. And last night as the sun was setting, it was one of those weird kind of orange skies uh, with the smoke and the sunset. It actually was kind of pretty, but you knew it wasn't so pretty because it was all bad air that was making it happen. And uh, people who are out for a jog, they noticed it. Oh, you can barely see uh, Wall Street because of the haze. Um, I imagine working out may be a little bit tough today. Oh, it's changed my exercise routine. I'm not even sure that I should be out here. Yes, so uh, at Central Park last night, this is the time of year where they do Shakespeare in the park, which is a lot of fun. They usually bring some big-name celebrities in and do these kind of funky Shakespeare Shakespeare type shows. Uh, So a lot of people lining up to get tickets. They're hard ones to get. And they got them. But then the performance was canceled last night due to the air quality. I am so disappointed. They canceled so late. This is the second year it's been canceled for us. But we make a big trip from Long Island to come here. Yeah, so some people really disappointed walking away from that theater in the middle of Central Park. Did not get to see Shakespeare in the park. And it was called off because of the bad air quality. Uh, then you had, uh, you know, the warnings out to people 65 and over, but people get it. They're like, okay, if I'm sensitive to this type of thing, stay indoors for a little while. I don't have a hard time breathing, but my eyes won't stop. They just won't stop watering. Yeah, so the key here is this needs to move out before the Macy's 4th of July fireworks show uh, on the 4th of July, which is on Tuesday. The thought is is that it will, but nobody knows 100% for sure. Of course, to keep it here, 77 WABC will have the latest on this weather 
and that smoke that's still coming from those wildfires up in Quebec. WABC News Time 509. We're telling you about that smoke in the air. And then on top of that, it's almost like the plagues are hitting us here in New York City. Have you seen this swarm of insects that has seemingly taken over portions of the city? We were getting complaints from people, listeners telling us what was going on, that these small gnat-like insects in just huge swarms were seen in Brooklyn, uh, in Manhattan. This was just before dark on Wednesday. And then again, we were getting messages this morning as well about these bugs that appear to be green. Uh, they are kind of hard to see with the naked eye. I mean, you've seen a gnat before. You kind of wave it away with your hand. Uh, but apparently these are swarms of them that people are walking into and then flailing their arms to get away from them. Uh, apparently they're not dangerous anything, but it does make you feel like, uh, we're getting hit by the plagues, you know, the wildfire smoke. And now these bugs, uh, that we don't know where they're coming from, uh, they're not dangerous. They're just, uh, apparently a big, big nuisance. Air travel, that continues to be a mess. We've been telling you about this since Monday, just delays after delays. And here we are now into the holiday weekend, and it's not going to be easy uh, for some people to get where they want to be going. First tip, acceptance. Your air travel is going to be choppy. Keep your cool, create a plan C, and commit to a carry-on so you have clothes to wear no matter what comes. Travel insurance helps. That covers lost luggage, costs and last-minute cancellations, illness and injuries, and control what you can. Get to the airport early. Better to have some time to relax with a beverage than try to will those lines to move faster. You might even fly a whole day ahead to make sure you reach your event on time. Book direct flights. There's less room for error. Otherwise, choose layovers that give you some wiggle room for delays. I'm Lucinda Kay. All right. Those are all good uh, pieces of advice. But the one she left out is take that first flight out. Chances are that first flight out in the morning is going to take off like the 5 a.m. one, 6 a.m. one. That's what I do when we do uh, go on family vacations. And it usually, usually works. I mean, the kids hate it getting up early, but you get out because the planes are usually sitting on the tarmac waiting for you. 5-11, down to D.C., the group that sued to overturn affirmative action practices and college admissions is celebrating and praising the Supreme Court for ruling in its favor yesterday. A university doesn't have real diversity when it simply assembles students who look different, but come from similar backgrounds. That's the founder and president of Students for Fair Admissions, Edward Blum, uh, says the opinion issued by the high court reestablishes the founding principles of the Civil Rights Act. Ending racial preferences in college admissions is an outcome that the vast majority of all Americans of all races will celebrate. And the argument here from Blum was that allowing colleges and universities to consider a student's race to either admit or reject them had been discriminatory. These discriminatory admissions practices undermined the integrity of our civil rights laws. Now, as you might guess, not everybody agrees with that opinion. Democrats in Congress demanding change in light of that Supreme Court ruling outlawing race-based admissions at the nation's universities. Uh, here's Congressman uh, Joaquin Castro of Texas. And today's Supreme Court decision ensures that our colleges and universities will look less like real-life America than they should. I do think it's time that we take up the issue of ending legacy-based admissions in higher education in the United States of America.
for the Supreme Court to do away with affirmative action and at the same time allow these backdoor discriminatory policies to continue is shameful. The president, uh, he was here in New York, by the way, yesterday, did an interview on MSNBC yesterday afternoon, had a fundraiser last night here in Manhattan and flew back to the White House. Of course, he's weighing in on this as well. Take a look at overruling Roe v. Wade. Take a look at what the decision today. Yeah, uh, in an interview on MSNBC, the president argued that the court has done more to unravel basic rights than any court in recent history. I just find it um, just so out of sorts with the basic value system of the American people. The vast majority of the American people don't agree with a lot of the decisions this court is making. The Federalist Society had a very, very strict construction of the Constitution, but this court has gone beyond that. Yeah, so we go to the campuses. Uh, the two campuses that were sued in this case were UNC, University of North Carolina, and Harvard. This UNC student believes that the court got it right with yesterday's decision. The basis of it, it's really just about equity, providing um, an equal standing for uh, students with minority backgrounds. Up in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, a Harvard student says it's going to be tougher, he thinks, for students to attend their dream universities now with uh, affirmative action essentially gone, at least on college campuses. And we always talk about how affirmative action uplifts our communities and encourages our communities to dream about attending these colleges. Yes, yeah, so, and then you had minority students who uh, were on the side of the Supreme Court. I think that is a little bit conflicting, especially when you're like, I've worked so hard my whole life to get to this point, and I don't want my racial identity to stop me from, you know, becoming who I want to be. Yeah, the Supreme Court handed down some more decisions yesterday, some interesting ones, and we're going to get into those as the morning wears on. But first of 515, first check of uh, sports from the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Happy Friday to you, Noam Layden. We're just about there, buddy. I think we are there. It is Friday. Well, got a few more hours. We got uh, seven. I counted. Slow your roll. He counted. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're more into this than I am at <laughs> <Yeah>. this point. <laughs> Friday morning, we got some baseball to uh, get to here. Wasn't quite the perfect game that we had the night prior, but the Yanks did what they needed to do once again against a lowly A's team in Oakland last night, coming away with a 10-4 to victory and a series win in the finale. The Yanks actually trailed for more than half of this game down 3-2 to two until an 8-run 6th inning outburst that included this absolute nuke job off the bat of Josh Donaldson that put New York ahead for good. Donaldson drives that in the air to deep left center. That is long gone! Josh Donaldson with a tank job to left center. A two-run shot. And it gives the Yankees a 4-3 lead. That call courtesy of the Yes Network. The series win for the Bombers marks their third straight as they continue to cling on to that second AL wild card spot behind Baltimore and ahead of Toronto while still nine and a half games back of the first place Tampa Rays in the AL East. They'll be in St. Louis tonight. We'll open up a three-game interleague set against the Cardinals. First pitch for tonight's game one is set for 8.15 p.m. Eastern time with Luis Severino getting the start against Matthew Liberatore. And after the Mets, who keep losing and keep breaking their own season high mark of games under 500, now sitting at nine games under at 36 and 45 overall. Last night, it was once again the Milwaukee Brewers exposing New York, beating the Mets three to two in the finale to take the series two games to one. It's been a month since New York has won a series, and things 
show no signs of getting better as they get set to welcome in the San Francisco Giants next. Starting with tonight's game one at 7.10 p.m., Carlos Carrasco is set to take the hill against San Fran's Alex Cobb. And here with sports on you know, a Friday morning. Yes, you no. know, they're not afraid of Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen holds a press conference. If you don't know, he's the owner of the Mets. Mm-hmm. And it, he should have said, look, I'm going to clear house if uh, you don't start playing better. But he didn't say that. He's like, eh, we'll see how things go. So uh, things aren't going well, and he's not doing anything. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, one one might assume that uh, it would have lit uh, a bit of a fire under not. the uh, under the uh, team's behind. Yeah. But it did not. And uh, they got it's right back. It's not that easy to clear house. No, it's not that oh, easy. No, if you're a billionaire. Contract. No, but you, well, first of all, you have to wait till the trade deadline I if guess. you want to do anything. And you have to uh, deal with these no trade clauses that a lot of your superstars superstars have in their contracts. So if you can negotiate, in uh, my opinion, to get one of these superstar pitchers to uh, waive one of their no trade clauses, you can maybe make a move at the trade deadline. But uh, either of those things happening are very unlikely, no, unfortunately. All right. Well, I guess it is what it is for the Mets this season. WABC News Time 520. We told you about the Supreme Court ruling yesterday on affirmative action. Some might argue this other uh, uh, decision could be just as big. A Christian mailman from Pennsylvania who refused to work on Sundays has won his religious freedom lawsuit that went all the way to the Supreme Court. Gerald Groff was represented by the First Liberty Institute. It's a huge win for religious Americans, really from all faiths. That's attorney Kayla Tony, who says many different religious groups filed briefs in the case, arguing that the current employment standards were harmful. The court ruled that employers who deny requests for a religious accommodation must show that it would result in substantial increased costs. It's about all religious Americans who just want to be able to live and work in a way that's consistent with their religious beliefs. Yeah, uh, so this uh, mailman, I guess, will be now be able to get excused on Sunday so he can go to Sunday services. The court basically returned to the original intent of what Congress meant. Employers must accommodate religious beliefs. And it is that time of year when all these decisions are coming down from the Supreme Court, some of them very heavy, some some of them very political. And sure enough, yesterday, suspicious package shows up in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, there were lots of people outside, officers moving the crowds away who were gathered in front of the court. Hey, guys, everyone can push that way. Push that way. Yeah, the package found on the steps of the Supreme Court building hours after that affirmative action decision was handed down. Uh, Capitol Police closed roads surrounding the court. Thankfully, the package ended up being nothing. But you imagine they don't take uh, any chances to move the crowds out just to make Make sure. 521. Let's go down to Florida. Big day in this Parkland, Florida school officer, resource officer case. This was the um, Scott Peterson. You might remember this case uh, in the Parkland shooting. He was uh, an armed guard on campus and uh, people were incredibly upset that he did not confront the shooter at Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High on that day back in 2018. He faced a whole bunch of charges that would have landed him in prison for the rest of his life. But the uh, jury yesterday finding him not guilty. We, the jury, find as follows as to the defendant in this case. The defendant is not guilty. So say we all this 29th day of June 2023 at Fort Lauderdale, Broward County. You might imagine emotions really raw in this courthouse on both sides after that ruling came down. Uh, Tony Montalto says he doesn't understand what's needed to find someone guilty in Broward County. For our families, we still feel he should be haunted every day by his failure to act. I know that he caused, he contributed, I should say, to the deaths of my daughter Gina, her schoolmates, and their teachers. 
I guess the jury found that there was enough evidence to suggest that he did not know exactly what was going on as all those bullets were being fired on that day back in 2018. Sadly, we don't understand what you need to see to find people guilty in Broward County. His inaction contributed to the pain of our entire community. And we don't understand how this jury looked at the evidence that was presented and found him not guilty. We believe that they are a vital part of protecting our children and our teachers at school. 523, the final hearing was held yesterday on reparations for black people in California. It was an open session. The idea being discussed would pay descendants of slaves or people in the country since the late 1800s. It is not a preposterous idea. It's not welfare. It's not... Uh, a a a check in the mail. It's much more than that. Yes. Yeah, so there were talks about uh, reparations for Asian Americans. Uh, this is something that has gained some steam in California. Not clear if it'll go through or not. It has not been easy accomplishing this task in terms of arriving to where we are. It was because I felt very strongly that California, if any state could do it, it would be California. And California is still seriously considering those reparations. Five twenty four. Charges not going to be filed now in the deadly stampede at the Astroworld Music Festival in Texas. A grand jury declining to file a criminal case against six people associated with the event, including the rapper uh, Travis Scott, who was on stage when this crowd surge happened. Ten people died. It's pretty clear he probably had no idea what was going on. So loud, the lights in his face. They determined the conclusion and the outcome in this very narrow criminal review. Ten people died back in 2021 when the crowd surged at NRG Park, including a nine-year-old kid. Scott was performing at the time. What will happen in courts where they practice civil law, other types of law, administrative law, is not for us to determine. 525. A record amount of travel is expected over this 4th of July weekend. Correspondent Tom Costello has been at the airport. Today is the day we are expecting a record number of passengers post-November 2019. 2.8 million people, according to the TSA. AAA projects about 50 million Americans going to travel 50 miles from home. That would overtake what is the previous record of all time, 49 million set Back in 2019, right before the pandemic. All airlines operate at the mercy of the weather. If the weather goes bad quickly, things can spiral out of control. So the hope is that things will improve uh, and stay improved throughout the entire weekend. Yeah, but there is a lot of talk, and he didn't cover that there, that it's not just the weather. It's failures on part of the FAA under staffing that has slowed airline traffic. Yes, the weather is definitely part of it. Yes, the smoke is part of it, but also apparently the FAA having to slow traffic because they don't have enough people on the job. 526 transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney says she's angry at Bud Light for not defending her against transphobic customers. Mulvaney yesterday posting that ever since her Bud Light commercial went viral, she's received a large wave of hate and transphobia. Months now, I've been scared to leave my house. I have been ridiculed in public. I've been followed. And I have felt a loneliness that I wouldn't wish on anyone. Bud Light under the Anheuser-Busch company, it suffered a $20 billion loss after customers boycotted the brand because Mulvaney was made a spokesperson. Mulvaney says she's been patiently waiting for the company to reach out to her, but they have not. 
And uh, just as you're getting out to restaurants more and more, well, maybe you like me, you've been doing this for a while, but the risk of food getting you sick is now back up to pre-pandemic levels. Well, that's lovely. The CDC says new data shows risk of contracting E. coli, salmonella, or other foodborne germs went up in 2022. The agency's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly report said to reduce contamination, we need collaboration among food growers, processors, retail stores, restaurants, and regulators. I'm Lisa Taylor. We are just getting started on this early Friday morning. So much more to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. On the other side of this break, there's been another subway surfing death. Horrendous. We'll tell you where that took place. Just a bizarre scene in Queens. A mugger runs through a press conference and into a speaker. And there's an American Idol-type competition going on to play music down below. And NASA has this interesting study. They're getting ready for life on Mars and practicing it here. We'll get to that and more, but first this at 530. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Friday, June 30th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today. That smoke's going to hang around high 83. Saturday, sunshine, high 81. Sun. Sunday scattered thunderstorms, high 80. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 60 and cloudy up in Pomona in Rockland County. 66 and cloudy down Sea Isle City at the Jersey Shore. And it is 67 and misty here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour in Queens with just an another horrendous subway surfing accident. A 14-year-old killed while subway surfing in Queens yesterday. Happened on a 7 train near the Queensboro Plaza in Long Island City. The teen taken to the hospital in critical condition. He passed away. Of course, this comes almost exactly a week after a teenager was killed subway surfing in Brooklyn. Police were holding a hearing this week on the spike in subway surfing incidents and how they were trying to handle this all before this latest incident took place. Subway surfing is deadly. The attention and the clout that these kids seek is just not worth it. All too often, we are seeing young kids, 12, 13, and 14 years old, not thinking of the tragic consequences of their actions. Subway surfing incidents that rose 366% over one year from 2021 to 2022. The uh, police, you realize what kind of outreach they do to stop these kids from doing something just so dopey. It's all about social media. They do these things where they ride the top of the train. Uh, they'll get the Manhattan skyline in the background as the train moves. And they get uh, millions of views on TikTok and YouTube. So the NYPD's transit chief says as part of the department's outreach, they've identified about 70 teenagers who were caught uh, subway surfing or posted videos on social media. And they went and spoke to their parents. And they said, 
you know, don't let your kids be so stupid because so many teenagers have died. They hope that will work and bring down the numbers. Last week, Mayor Adams was asking TikTok to take down those videos so teens wouldn't be uh, uploading them, knowing that so many millions of views w- they would get on places like TikTok and YouTube. All right, let's go out to the Hudson Valley. A private plane had to make a hard landing, Mohegan Lake, in the Hudson Valley. This was about noon yesterday. The plane radioed back to the uh, air traffic control that he was having issues. He landed on a field uh, at Shrub Oak International School. That's on Stony Street. The school was in session. Thankfully, he did not hit the building. Uh, here's what it sounded like, the communication between the pilot, air traffic control. <laughs> Yeah, officers racing to the scene. Uh, they found the pilot. He was actually already out of the plane. Alert, some minor injuries. He was taken to Westchester Medical Center as a precaution. This was the best possible uh, ending to a what could have been a very tragic situation. He was unable to sustain altitude or gain altitude so pilot we know is 66 years old they haven't given us his name he was flying a small single engine cessna from westchester airport to orange county when he had these uh, mechanical issues he said he couldn't hold on or gain altitude conscious alert and answering all of our questions he made the best decision under the worst possible circumstances Thankfully, he's okay. Yeah, the plane's messed up, but thank God he's okay. That's all that matters. The school was briefly on lockout until police confirmed this was a true accident and not a threat. It was not, and the plane was towed away. 536, FDNY removing hundreds of batteries from a city bike shop as part of its enforcement efforts against lithium-ion batteries. The Chief Fire Marshal Daniel Flynn says the shop at 91 Canal Street is a multi-use building that had to be evacuated. This is all part of this program where uh, the FDNY is asking New Yorkers to report stores that are using these faulty second-rate batteries they're selling them. We are still in the process of removing all of those batteries. There was a tremendous amount of batteries at the scene, uh, between 500 and 1,000 batteries. So apparently this location had been inspected back in May due to a 311 complaint, and the FDNY was revisiting the site this week after the owner failed to show up in court. Thankfully and gratefully, our members got to this location in time before the unthinkable happened. What is clear is that this location was essentially a ticking time bomb. Be a countless deaths, countless fires, all from these batteries over the last year. That was FDNY Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh. If you are operating a business that is in any way improperly charging, storing, or tampering with lithium-ion batteries, we will find you, and we will fine you, and we will shut you down. This is a life and death situation. Yeah, FDNY says they're coming for you if you're selling these second-rate batteries. WABC News Time 539. Let's go out to Queens to the Louis Armstrong Center. They were having a museum ribbon-cutting ceremony yesterday. And just a bizarre, crazy scene. So, uh... New York State Assemblyman Jeffrey and Aubrey was up giving a speech to, you know, ribbon cutting, just a happy moment for the Louis Armstrong Center. So here he was uh, making a speech on a podium outside this museum in Queens yesterday. The ability for us to gather today and to celebrate this particular occasion 
is a blessing. So he steps off stage. Little did he know, just about two blocks away, there was a mugging of some sort going on that involved sneakers. And the guy who had either stolen money or sneakers from that person was running to get away. And he ran through this press conference and he slammed into the assemblyman who had just gotten off stage. If you are a praying person, please pray for Jeff Aubrey. Yeah, there he was on the ground. Uh, Thankfully, he is okay. Aubrey had a cut to his head. He was transported from the event in Corona by stretcher EMTs who took him to a nearby hospital. He waved to the crowd saying, hey, I'm okay, as they put him into the ambulance. Uh, Here was what it sounded like. He was 100% okay. He just had a laceration to the head. Uh, Small cut, roughly about an inch. He uh, reversed back and then went angled toward the right like he was going to drive through the people. First thought was this is going to be a, a real you know, mass casualty incident that we're going to have to take care of. So no, uh, no words for that one. So That was the EMT who showed up on uh, the scene. The uh, 23-year-old thief. Uh, actually jumped into a car after running into the assemblyman to get away. But they caught up with them. And back at the event, not only were they praying for the assemblyman's uh, recovery, because they didn't know how bad he was at that moment, but they were also praying for the mugger. The young man that just ran through here, we have to also pray for him, too, that he will get a second chance at life. And that we hope that this center and this community will be able to reach that many more children. That mugger, uh, he is behind bars this morning. 541. New York City public pools, they opened for the season. The uh, city's park department says 48 outdoor pools throughout five boroughs going to be open for the rest of the summer, but they're all going to be open at limited capacity. Like last summer, here we go again this summer. They can't find enough lifeguards to work the pools and the beaches. They're really understaffed, so... They have to shorten the hours just so they can cover those hours. The lines to get into the pools yesterday were long because, you know, it was a hot day. Well, maybe I'm wrong. This is what I heard, that there, life, there's still a lifeguard shortage. You're right about that. So uh, so um, we'll see what happens. Yesterday we were checking the, uh, the weather and we saw that the um, air quality was like moderate. And we got a little bit like worried, but I don't think it's, we thought it was going to be a really big deal. Yeah, but she was at the pool. Pool hours are going to be 11 to 7 every day. They do a break for pool cleaning for an hour, but those hours have had to be adjusted because there are currently 650 lifeguards on staff throughout the city, but they need about 1,400 to run everything full force. Don't think that's going to happen before the summer's over. 543. Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell, the NYPD commissioner, I should say, today is what we've been told is her last day on the job. Her replacement, that could be announced as soon as today. Anytime the mayor's been asked about a replacement or what happened and why NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell is leaving, he's been kind of tight-lipped just thanking her. Keyshawn Sewell, as you know, uh, she is, this is her last week with the administration. We want to thank her. The New York Post reporting today that First Deputy Police Commissioner Edward Caban and uh, Sanitation and Commissioner Jessica Tisch are on the short list to be the next NYPD commissioner. Uh, not clear if we'll get that announcement today, but uh, the mayor said the announcement would come soon. 
Then you had this uh, moment that has gone viral with the mayor. He was at a community meeting, which is what the, a lot of times mayors do. They go into specific communities and hold a town hall, essentially, so they can meet with voters and voters can ask questions of them. So the mayor was up in Washington Heights on Wednesday night where this uh, woman got up. She's a longtime tenant activist. And uh, she wanted to ask the mayor about why the rent's gone up, you know, rent guidelines board. And the mayor didn't like the way she was asking the question. And he just dressed her down in front of uh, cameras and in front of everybody who had showed up to this town hall. Here's what it sounded like. Okay, first, if you're going to ask a question, don't point at me and don't be disrespectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city. And treat me with the respect that would, I deserve to be treated. I'm speaking to you as an adult. Don't stand in front like you're treating someone that's on the plantation that you own. Give me the respect I deserve and engage in the conversation. Up here in Washington Heights, treat me with the same level of respect I treat you. So don't be pointing at me. Don't be disrespectful to me. Speak with me as an adult because I'm a grown man. I walked into this room as a grown man, and I'm going to walk out of this room as a grown man. I answered your question. Yes, so uh, we now know who this uh, 84-year-old woman is, a tenant activist, a Holocaust survivor. Uh, she said she was just questioning the mayor, but uh, he did not like her tone of questioning, but she was angry. Uh, this comes, uh, that confrontation comes, as this new Siena poll is out that shows the mayor's favorable numbers have gone down uh, since the last time this took this poll a couple months back. None of that good news for the mayor. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk and Justin Ellis. Well, thank you, Gnome Lady. It wasn't quite the perfect game we had the night prior, but the Yanks did what they needed to do once again against a lowly A's team in Oakland last night, coming away with a 10-4 to victory and a series win in the finale. The Yanks actually trailed more than half of this game, down 3-2, to until an 8-run sixth inning outburst. That included this absolute bomb off the bat of Josh Donaldson. I think it went about 472 feet, put New York ahead for good. Donaldson drives that in the air to deep left center. That is long gone. Josh Donaldson with a tank job to left center. A two-run shot. And it gives the Yankees a 4-3 lead. That call, courtesy of the Yes Network, series win for the Bombers, marks their third straight as they continue to cling on to that second AL wildcard spot behind Baltimore and ahead of Toronto, while still nine and a half games back of the first place Tampa Rays in the AL. Lee's still be in St. Louis tonight, where they'll open up a three-game interleague set with the Cardinals. First pitch for tonight's game one is set for 8.15 p.m. Eastern time with Luis Severino getting the start against Matthew Liberatore. Uh, now for the Mets, who keep losing and keep breaking their own season-high mark of games under 500, now sitting at 9. Games under at 36 and 45 overall last night. It was once again the Milwaukee Brewers exposing New York, beating the Mets 3 to 2 in the finale to take the series two games to one. It's been a month since the Mets have won a series, and things show no signs of getting any better here as they get set to welcome in the San Francisco Giants. Next, starting with tonight's game one at 7 10 p.m., Carlos Carrasco is set to take the hill against San Fran's Alex Cobb. Here with Sports Gnome on 77 WABC. 
All right, let's catch you up on some of the biggest stories of the day. The air quality going to be a big issue, and it may be for a couple more days. As the sun comes up here in Midtown, you can already see that we're going to have smoky skies again. It made for a spectacular sunset if you were outside yesterday. The uh, smoke in the sun, I mean, this is not what we want, but it was quite beautiful. You had uh, Governor Hochul yesterday talking about these hazardous conditions and how they're going to hang around. Air quality is unhealthy in every corner of the state of New York. Wildfires from more than 500 miles away continue to burn. And we're feeling the impact right here. Yeah, we were watching as uh, some people were masking up again. Some of this air unhealthy for people who have asthma, older kids. Totally appropriate to keep the pools open today. Totally appropriate for people to be out as long as they don't fall into those sensitive groups. Yeah, so uh, this is all about, you know, time outdoors. Now the real question is how long is this going to last? It came pouring in right yesterday afternoon. In the morning, it wasn't so bad. By mid-afternoon, out with the kids playing basketball in Jersey City, you could not make out the entire um, uh, skyline of Manhattan. And I live, you know, a quarter of a mile away. Little children should not be out playing when the weather, when the conditions are in these dangerous, hazardous uh, numbers. Senior citizens, people with asthma, we expect to see the wind start to dissipate over the next couple of days. It is impossible for us at this point to predict what will happen for the holiday celebrations on on Monday and Tuesday the 4th. Of course, this is all from those wildfires that continue to burn up in Quebec, uh, you know, five, six hundred miles away, more than that. Uh, And you had people on the Jersey side who were out working out yesterday, wondering if that was a smart thing to do. You can barely see uh, Wall Street because of the haze. Um, I imagine working out may be a little bit tough today. Oh, it's changed my exercise routine. I'm not even sure that I should be out here. Last night in Central Park, some outrage from some theater fans. Shakespeare in the Park, which are hard tickets to get every summer. People showing up for last night's performance found out when they got there that it was canceled due to the air quality. I am so disappointed. They canceled so late. This is the second year it's been canceled for us, but we make a big trip from Long Island to come here. So, so far, and let's hope it stays this way, the hazy skyline has paled in comparison to that orange air we experienced a few weeks ago. But again, they don't really know what's going to happen in the next 48 hours or so. I don't have a hard time breathing, but my eyes won't stop. They just won't stop watering. Yeah, so for some people, you know, not so great to be outdoors. For others, you'll probably be okay. But uh, again, looking out the door at 5.52 on this uh, Friday morning, I can see we already have some smoky skies. And I was mentioning this before. It's kind of like we're being hit with the plague. So, you know, we had COVID. Now we got smoke. And we've been hearing from New Yorkers over the last 48 hours about the swarms of insects that have seemingly taken over the city. Complaints started on Wednesday evening. We got a couple emails. We got more last night. These insects, in some ways, a hotter topic than the smoke from the Canadian wildfires. They appear to be green. They're hard to see with the naked eye because they're so small. I mean, essentially, they're gnats. And you're like, no, big deal. But no, these were huge swarms. You know, usually you can just bat it away with your hand and you move a couple steps. The gnats are gone. That was not the case here yesterday. Uh, People seeing these huge swarms. 
in Manhattan, in Brooklyn. The good news is when we're talking to people, they're completely harmless. They're just completely annoying as well. What's also going to be annoying if you're heading out for the long holiday weekend, of course, this is going to be the biggest holiday weekend probably in a long time at the airports. It continues to be a mess. Some of it is weather and smoke related. The other parts is the FAA is understaffed. So, um, People saying you need to pack a lot of patience. Uh, I hate that cliche, but I just used it. Uh, here's uh, Linda Kay with some ideas about how you might do that if you're flying out over the next four days. First tip, acceptance. Your air travel is going to be choppy. Keep your cool, create a plan C, and commit to a carry-on so you have clothes to wear no matter what comes. Travel insurance helps. That covers lost luggage, costs and last-minute cancellations, illness and injuries, and control what you can. Get to the airport early. Better to have some time to relax with a beverage than try to will those lines to move faster. You might even fly a whole day ahead to make sure you reach your event on time. Book direct flights. There's less room for error. Otherwise, choose layovers that give you some wiggle room for delays. I'm Lucinda Kay. All right, so we got the smoke. We got the bugs. We got the airlines. And then the big story from down in Washington yesterday was the Supreme Court uh, overturned affirmative action practices in college admissions. You had the people who sued to make this happen, uh, praising the judges yesterday. A university doesn't have real diversity when it simply assembles students who look different but come from similar backgrounds. The group uh, sued Harvard and UNC, University of North Carolina, arguing the school's admission policies were unconstitutional and disadvantaged white and Asian American applicants, and the Supreme Court sided with them. Ending racial preferences in college admissions is an outcome that the vast majority of all Americans of all races will celebrate. All right, 555. We're learning from NASA that they're getting ready for life on Mars, and they are doing it in suburban Texas. A crew of four have begun a year-long isolation at a simulator, which has been set up at the Johnson Space Center near Houston to see what it would be like to really live on Mars. We're trying to replicate a lot of what we'd expect for Mars, including long-term isolation and confinement. NASA researcher Susan Bell says that want to make it realistic. There will be 20-minute delay in communications. There will also be growing some crops under a lamp like they would be done on Mars someday. They'll be on a communication delay back to Earth, including mission control and family and loved ones. That's a 22-minute delay. Yes, yeah, so two things will be missing. They can't simulate Martian gravity, which is a third of Earth's uh, solar radiation. So uh, some of this will be real and some of it will be just as real as they can make it. We're be. using a Mars expected or Mars realistic food system. We're going to try to augment that a little bit with real fresh crop. Yeah, it'll be interesting to communicate with this crew as they stay in isolation. And finally, MTA holding auditions for music underground. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, when you perform underground, you're supposed to be approved by the MTA. And apparently for musicians, this is a huge deal to get these gigs. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, those were some of the people that were auditioning yesterday. Some It was sort of like American Idol. People were pushed through to the next round. 46 performers auditioned. About half of them will make it and join a roster of 350 MTA-sanctioned artists. This guy, he flew in from L.A., uh, with his violin. I left like at 8.30 yesterday and I arrived here at 6 just for the audition. I can't sleep like and I'm so, I was so excited to, to play here. And he- I hope they like it. Yeah, I, I, did my, I did my best actually. My Actually my favorite song. Yeah, so apparently he did get through the next round. Here's uh, the woman who organizes all of it. Performing in, with on the roster for Music Under New York is not about a stepping stone. It is the gig. And what a gig it is. Yeah, so once you're approved, you are approved for life. And you can play underground for as long as you want to and make some money.